we're always talking about things that a narcissist does. What if today we talk about things that a narcissist would never do? Sound good? Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Sound good? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get started. Today I'm going to tell you about 10 things that narcissists would never do. So let's just dig right in, shall we? Number one, one of the first things that narcissists will never do is tell the truth. What do I mean by that? The truth is that the narcissist only recognizes their own truth. It doesn't really matter whether their truth is the actual truth or something that they've made up in their head. It doesn't matter if you see their truth on paper or your truth on paper. It doesn't matter if you have actual proof that their truth is a lie. They're gonna to stick to their story no matter what. Narcissists don't change their story and they don't tell the truth when their story doesn't match the truth, number one. Number two, they don't take responsibility for their own behavior. If a narcissist does something to hurt you, they won't accept responsibility. They'll just go, oh, you know what? I didn't do that. I never said that, never did that, didn't mean it like that. And somehow or another, you'll end up being the one to apologize for the narcissist's behavior. It's pretty shitty, but that's how they roll. Number three, narcissists, they don't apologize, at least not sincerely and at least not for the right reasons. I mean, after all, since they don't bother to take responsibility, they have nothing to apologize for anyway, right? Number four, narcissists will never make you feel safe. See, one of the biggest things they wanna do is make you think that you need them. And as they work their magic and they get you to believe that they, you can't live without them, they install this sense of insecurity within you. Sometimes they start very early in the relationship with this. They make you question yourself, they make you wonder if your friends are trustworthy, they talk bad about your family, they make you feel like you need to pull away, they even dig in about any relationships that you're in outside of them, and I'm not talking romantic necessarily, but let's say if your, mo your mother was the narcissist, she might dig in on your spouse or significant other in order to make you trust them less so that you'll be more connected to her, for example. It makes them feel more powerful, more secure, in the relationship and they enjoy the idea of being the reason that you're so doubtful. Does that make any sense? It's true and it's sad. Next up, narcissists, they'll never make peace with you. And they do that for a number of reasons. Number one, they wanna feel really superior to other people, it's part of their nature. They need to be in control and if they admit that they've done something wrong, they might feel like they can lose that control. They enjoy being in conflict, unlike most of us, they want to feel the conflict they enjoyed. It feels invigorating to them. And then a lot of times they will see conflict in a relationship as a challenge. And they see themselves as sort of someone who must win the challenge or win the fight. They figure they're just reacting to somebody else's problems or somebody else's issues, but they don't wanna let go of their own point of view, even when they're wrong, because they feel like it makes them look weak. They need to feel like winners. And this brings me to the next thing that narcissists don't do. They don't negotiate. They don't change their behavior. They don't think they've done anything wrong. So you won't be able to get them to go to counseling. You won't be able to get them to meet you somewhere in the middle. They don't negotiate. If, if they have a, a price for an item they're selling, that price is firm, even if it means they don't eat that day. You see what I'm saying? Narcissists don't negotiate, at least not with people who are their closest supplies. Another thing a narcissist will never do is be direct with you. You can very rarely get a narcissist, well, hold on. They won't be direct with you unless it hurts you. So they'll be direct with you about something to do with you. 
they'll tell you that they think you're lazy or fat or you know skinny or whatever insult they can think of but when you confront them they will never speak to you directly especially when they're wrong they'll double speak you they'll word salad you they'll do the narcissistic flip on you and somehow once again you end up apologizing for their mistakes if you ask them anything regarding responsibility of their own or being fair in a situation they will flip the switch flip the script sw switch it all around and it'll be all your problem another thing a narcissist never does is listen well what do i mean by that well have we all been to the brick wall have you ever experienced the sensation of talking to a brick wall? That's what it pretty much feels like to talk to a narcissist. No matter what you say, no matter how many times you say it, the narcissist can't hear you unless it's what they want to hear. They hear you physically, but they don't listen. They don't understand. They pretend not to understand, even when they're perfectly capable of understanding. That's because pretty much every conversation that you're going to have with the narcissist will at some point or another either end abruptly or switch over to being about them. For example, you know, if you say, oh, at work today, somebody, somebody came in and robbed the place. The narcissist might be like, oh yeah, you think that's bad? Well, I stubbed my toe on the way to the office this morning. You know what I'm saying? They, they want to one-up you. Speaking of which, they will never stop one-upping you. And that's my next thing. Anytime you're dealing with a narcissist, you can expect that no matter what has happened in your life, they will have something worse to complain about. Next up, a narcissist will never do anything for free. They don't believe in paying it forward. They don't have that feeling in themselves. They think everything they get is all about them and that's all that matters. See, there's such a thing as an altruistic narcissist or the type of person who gives and gives and gives to charities and other publicly visible situations or maybe they give to their family or their friends but what it ends up happening is they don't do it without expecting something back if you've ever had someone you know a narcissist help you out of a tough situation and you've been so grateful you may notice that the narcissist expects you to do something in return for their favor to you does that make sense unless you can directly benefit them most of the time the narcissist won't be doing you any favors next up the narcissist will never stop trying to own you what do I mean by that? Well, unless they're able to replace you and find someone who is willing to give them the same supply that you were, they need you. You are their source of narcissistic supply. So even if they leave you, they may still come rolling back around. They may decide they still want to be friends. They may decide that their new supply is too boring or lazy or stupid, or their new supply is causing them too much drama and stress, or their new supply isn't giving them supply, or they don't have a new supply. Either way, they will always try to keep you on the back burner even when you have left them and moved on in your life. They may come back five years later trying to suck you back in. We call that hoovering. Don't fall for it. And finally, the last thing that narcissists never do is change. Again, narcissists never think there's anything wrong with them. They always see themselves as right. They always see themselves as a victim of circumstance if they are doing anything that's beyond what would be considered healthy and right. So outside of some major evolution or personal, you know, you, you don't see a narcissist evolving. They don't. They generally stay the same from the time they come into their narcissism until the time they pass. It is the way of the narcissist. There's one thing I just want to let you know before I wrap up today. None of this is your fault. Even though you feel probably that there's some fault of yours in this situation, Maybe you reacted badly to some of this treatment or you felt crazy because you were gaslighted too much or you feel like somehow you failed in the relationship. You have to understand you weren't dealing with someone who was capable of being in a healthy relationship and therefore nothing you could have done 
could have changed this, except if you had only made the relationship about that person and dutifully stood by in a closet when they didn't want you. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I have this idea that narcissists um, would love to just put us in a box so we could just wait until they need our attention and not do anything else in the meantime. But it feels easier to blame ourselves because we can fix ourselves. The truth is what narcissists don't do is a big part of why narcissists can't have successful relationships that are beneficial to both partners. It's not your fault. Now it's time for the question of the day. What would you add to my list? What are some more things that narcissists don't do? Share your thoughts and your experiences in the comments below and let's talk about it. I'm going to wrap up for now. Thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Do you really understand the person in your life who's a narcissist? Well, today I'm going to help you understand them just a little bit better by sharing with you seven different ways that narcissists think. And understanding how narcissists think is going to help you understand better how to deal with a narcissist. All right, so let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it Toxic Relationship Rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So when you hear the word narcissist, what kind of stuff comes to mind? Do you think arrogant, wait a minute, jerk, rude, disrespectful, cocky, entitlement, thinks they're better than everybody? Sure. These are definitely some of the characteristics that are kind of ensnared with that whole narcissism thing. There's something deeper going on here, and that's what we're going to talk about. It's a lot more than just that whole fake, exaggerated self-opinion, self-identity. So here are the seven things that I want you to know today about narcissists that they probably wish I wouldn't tell you. Number one, narcissists only have a certain amount of self-worth, and it's all connected to just one thing. Whether they know it or not, their self-worth is completely conditional, okay? What is, what, what is it conditional upon? What do we need to know to know what makes a narcissist feel good about him or herself or not? They have these if-then statements, all right? So, for example, if I think I'm better than you, then I feel good about myself. If you agree with what I say, then I feel good about myself. If you tell me that I'm amazing then I feel good about myself. That's how a narcissist thinks. Do you understand? So if you decide that you're going to tell a narcissist that they're not perfect in some way or that they've done something to hurt your feelings or make you angry, then they don't feel good about themselves. And what does a narcissist do when a narcissist doesn't feel good about him or herself? They go to the narcissistic injury, to the narcissistic rage. They begin to torture you for their negative feelings. That's when you once again become the emotional dumpster, you see? misunderstand me here. The fact is that every freaking human on the planet wants to feel good about him or herself. To some extent, we are all sort of pushed by our desire to please people in the world. And you and I probably know that better than most people because of the fact that we have become people pleasers after being either raised or in long-term relationships 
with or by narcissists. However, while we might feel a certain amount of upset or self lack of self-esteem if we are attacked by someone in the world, a narcissist has a whole different way of dealing with that. We might feel sad and, you know, eat some extra ice cream or, you know, have an extra drink or something bad like that to deal with it. A narcissist, though, they literally almost need to feel exceptional. That's why they become the bullies in the schools and sometimes in adulthood. That's why they put people down so often, because it helps them feel better about themselves. While you and I might feel good about ourselves by standing next to people who are the best, the narcissist wants to stand on the shoulders of other people in order to feel like they're the best, see? Or the heads, maybe, of other people. That's also the same reason that narcissists feel like they need to tear you down if you disagree with them. That's why they take it so personally if your opinion is different than theirs about anything. They might be personally offended that you don't enjoy a movie they enjoy. And it's not because they have a problem with the fact that you don't enjoy the movie. It's the fact that they don't, uh, you disagree with their opinion. You see the difference there? So instead of actually saying, okay, so we just have a different opinion about this movie, they're going to take it really personally. And that's how you end up in a lot of arguments when you're with a narcissist. You feel me on that? Let me know in the comments below. All of that leads me to number two. A narcissist needs to be validated at all times. That's why you can't just expect to give them a single compliment and have them like you forever. If you're going to deal with a narcissist and you're going to do so successfully, you're going to have to be ready with the compliments on the regular. Be aware of that. The next thing is that narcissists are motivated by a fear of everything. It's a huge fear. It's not a fear of everything. It's a huge fear. It's a fear that helps them to stay scared at all times. And this seems confusing because narcissists seem like the most entitled creatures on earth and what could they possibly be scared of? Well, here's what they're scared of. They're afraid that they're not good enough. Yeah, that they're not worthy, that they can't deserve love. And the truth is that most of them would never acknowledge or admit to this because it's so deeply ingrained in themselves that they don't even know it's there. It's like a thing that happened in childhood because they have an abandonment issue, they, their parents weren't kind to them, their parents ignored them or neglected them or got worse, abused them. And I'm not trying to have empathy for a narcissist here. I'm just explaining to you how their minds work, all right? That's why one win is never enough for a narcissist. If a narcissist is going to feel good about him or herself, he or she needs to be able to win and win and win. And if one time they lose, they're the worst losers you ever saw. They'll get super offended if they lose a board game or a video game. Whereas we'll be like, well, that was fun. Let's play again or whatever. They get mad. They get upset. You ever play cards with a narcissist? It never goes well unless they win every hand. Number four. Why do narcissists get so angry all the time? Well, here's a little secret for you, my friend. Narcissists, they can't handle other emotions. So they focus on anger in order to not feel other stuff. It's a protection mechanism. It helps them to not be sad, to not be depressed as much. And it is very associated with the fact that they have that conditional self-worth we mentioned back in number one. Narcissists are black and white. That's number five. I'm not talking about race here, my friend. I'm talking about perspective. They don't see things as, they don't see a gray area in the world. It's either yes or no. It's either up or down. There's no in the middle. It's all or nothing. Narcissists are all about one way. Someone is either nice or they're evil. Someone is either good or bad, loved or hated. You see, there's no middle ground for a narcissist. The narcissist, this is number six, the narcissist sees him or herself as special and different than everybody else. Not only that, but that gives them the right to create their own rules and to change them at any given moment. 
So look, everybody in the world has their own ideas on how people in the world should act, right? But the difference here is that a narcissist's rules in their minds are written in stone, i.e. they cannot accept anything less than whatever they demand in the world. Now, that means there's no compromise. In a previous video, I talked about how a narcissist compromises, and that is that they basically wear you down until you agree to what they say and beg them to get what they want because you're so tired of freaking fighting about it, right? Well, the way a narcissist works is they become very, very upset if you disobey their rules. They become angry. They become devastated. They see it like if you break their rules even a little bit, if you just go slightly to the right of their rule or to the left of their rule, you have somehow hurt them. You have somehow personally injured them and that must mean you think less of them. You see this a lot with like narcissistic mothers who, for example, may they have a rule that, you know, you have to be home by midnight or whatever, let's say. And you walk in at 12.02 and they're like, why are you doing this to me? You're abusing me because you've done this. You're you must hate me and not... The point is, a narcissistic mother will intentionally, it feels like, intentionally take it very personally if you break one of her rules. And this is also the case with a narcissistic spouse. Be aware of that. The reason they get so angry is because it makes them think that if you break one of their rules that you should very well know by now, you must think less of them. You must think they're not good enough or... Anyway, it brings you back to their main fear. Number seven. You really shouldn't take a narcissist's behavior personally. What the hell am I talking about? Because obviously everything they're doing is directed at you and aims to hurt you at such a personal level, right? Well, here's the deal. The thing that you have to remember, it's never really about you. It's always about them and their little tiny baby ego, okay? It's a little egg, their ego. A little fragile china egg. And they walk around carrying it around on their finger like this. You see what I mean? The ego is what makes the narcissist do the things he or she does. And because of the fact that a narcissist is directly affected by stress and their little ego gets a little crack in it whenever they feel stress, they get extra protective of the ego during that time, you see? So they start to feel like you're taking advantage of them if you ask them to take out the trash. Or they start to think that somebody at work is hurting their feelings or being rude or disrespectful because they've got a lot to do on their plate at work and they don't see how they can do it. Once again, all of this goes back to the fact that they worry they're not good enough. Is there anything that you can do? Is there anything that you can do to help a narcissist to change their behavior? Look, if you're stuck with a narcissist, if you can get away, get away. Okay. If you can't get away and you have to deal with a narcissist, here's a little tip from me to you. Do your very best to avoid hurting their feelings. Think about the fact that their ego is so tiny and small and fragile. Do whatever you can to build it up. This doesn't mean that you won't get abused, my friend. This just means that it might happen a little bit less often. Not the greatest story, not, not the greatest thing, but the truth. The truth is, to deal with a narcissist, you must cater to their ego. You must never ever criticize them directly, and if you do, you better be real creative about how you do it and make them think that you're not criticizing them. For example, I told someone in a live chat the other day, they were saying, well, how do I get my narcissist to not let my little two-year-old daughter use fireworks? I feel really scared about that. And then I said, well, maybe you could forward a video or a, an article about someone who did use fireworks with their little child who was hurt. And then you could say something like, I'm so glad that you're such a good dad and you don't have to worry about that. I, we don't have to worry about that because I know you're so protective of your daughter. You see, because then what you're doing is you're like telling them 
that they're already awesome and amazing and that you know this. And here's, a, here's an example of somebody who isn't as awesome or amazing as them. You see what I'm saying? That's how you deal with a narcissist if you must. It's time for the question of the day. The question of the day is, do any of these things sound familiar to you? And what would you add to my list of things that narcissists think about? The ways that narcissists think. Share your thoughts and your experiences in the comments below and let's talk about it. All right, that's all I've got for you today. Thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. What's the deal with narcissists and money? That's what we're talking about today, queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson, and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So we all know that narcissists like to use money to control us, right? Even just a tiny bit of money can give a narcissist a big old power trip, doesn't it? It might kind of start small, little things. They take your name off the accounts or, you know, they put the house in their name and not your name. Little things. Then it gets bigger. It can go all the way up to stealing, threats, extortion. No, sh no kidding. No kidding. There are two sides to this coin. In addition to power, Narcissists who very often were deprived of love early in their lives, whether it was because they had a narcissistic parent themselves or an abusive parent, or because they themselves could not receive the love that was given to them, they are always looking for a replacement for love. And guess what one of their favorites happens to be? Yep, money. Money is really like the ultimate substitute for love, according to a narcissist. Of course, the way they think, you know, they've got those grandiose thought patterns and that puts them in a very interesting place with money. See, they think they should have money. They think they do have money even when they don't. And they think they have every damn right to spend every damn penny that they have, they can get their hands on when it comes to money. They deal with reckless spending. Sometimes they gamble. Sometimes they use drugs. Sometimes they just compulsively shop. In any case, narcissists very often have a very confusing relationship with money. So not only do they use it to abuse and control us, but they also use it to prove to themselves somehow that they are worthy. They use it to substitute for love in their lives. Of course, this leads them to what a lot of people call kind of far out thinking, right? They kind of become irresponsible and short-sighted. They think they're immune to what could happen. They go into debt. They commit crimes of the financial nature. They hurt people around them with money or a lack thereof. They lie about how much money they make. They lie about how much money you make. They lease fancy cars they can't afford just in order to appear to have more money. They are greedy, but at the same time, they're cheapskates. At least when it comes to things that you want and need. How about that? Often they live above their means. They think they only need the best things, the things that are the most expensive, and yet at the same time, they expect you to accept the very minimal, the very least, unless of course it's something that they could show off in public and say, look what I bought that person that I'm with. 
look, I'm not saying that everybody doesn't have desires that involve money. Everybody wants something, right? Everybody would like to have some nice clothes, a nice place to live, gourmet food, maybe, you know, big diamonds to wear all over the place. Everybody wants something and it's not, it's human nature. It's our society. The narcissists become obsessed with money. They worry about how much money they have. They worry about how much money other people have. They wonder how they get more money. How can they keep their money from other people, including their supply, i.e. their closest family members and friends. They think about who they can manipulate to get more money. And this includes, unfortunately, family members who they might inherit money from. They think of money as a substitution for being loved. They think of money as a substitution for affection, for general warmth. That's why a narcissist often, who can afford to, will purchase an expensive gift to try to suck you back in once you've discarded them or they have discarded you. Many narcissists, I was just watching a rerun the other day, accidentally it came up on Hulu while I was working and, and in the background and I noticed that um, De Desperate Housewives, the, the uh, character Carlos purchased, and at the beginning of, of the series, he actually kind of appeared very narcissistic. I think that changed over the series, but his original character makeup was pretty narcissistic, and his way of, you know, soothing his wife was to buy her very expensive jewelry, and that's a common narcissistic behavior for those who can afford to do that. The thing about narcissists, they spend money even when they can't. They put their families in debt. I, I was mentioning this morning that my ex-narcissist used to go and steal all the money out of the bank account that we had, and we didn't have a lot. <laughs> he would go and steal all the money out of the bank account, and I wouldn't be able to pay the bills. I wouldn't be able to pay the rent, feed the kid, the one kid we had together, um, things like that. I would have to ask for help or figure out other ways to do that stuff. It was terrible. And I think narcissists do things like this all the time. Of course, I was young and broke at the time, but, but the same... The same type of behavior happens often where they don't consider the family needs. They don't consider what everyone needs. They just want what they want when they want it, so they get it. The thing about a narcissist is they believe that they are entitled to have the best things even when they don't have any money at all. And so if they can't get that, if they can't spend the money, they'll steal the things that they want. They fool themselves into thinking that, in fact, there will be money in the future. There will be money to cover it. Even if that never happens, they continue that pattern, some of them. Bottom line, they don't have a normal relationship with money. You've got your show-off narcissist, okay? And then on the opposite end of that, you've got your tight-wide narcissist, the one who won't spend a single penny on anything. Still, Usually these are the more covert types because they're not so concerned about external appearances. They're more concerned about whatever their goal is. And so they may not give you money to buy yourself or your children new clothes, or they, they may not buy themselves new clothes. I, I knew one person who's now passed away, uh, but he was so, I don't even know that he was a narcissist. He was something though. Uh, but he was so strange that he, he was apparently a millionaire, but he was wearing his same holy clothes from like 1940 and living in one tiny room of his beautiful, amazing house, which he completely ignored the rest of the house. And when you went in the room, it literally looked like it was 1940 in there. It was very odd. Look, it's fine to be cheap, be frugal, whatever. I'm as cheap as they come. I'm always looking for the best deal I can find, right? But it's not okay to be pathological about it. If someone in your family needs something and you are responsible for providing the food or the clothing or the home that they need, that's your job, right? Narcissists don't see it that way. They're like, I deserve the best things and that's that. 
and I don't care if it means my kids don't eat that week and I don't care if it means my wife has to figure out or my husband has to figure out how to pay the bills when I've taken all the money out of the bank account. But even those who appear generous by, for example, you know, giving big tips, they don't do it to be nice to, like I, I give big tips, I always do, and I do that because I feel like it's a little tiny way I can pay it forward, but it's a few extra bucks, you know what I mean? But narcissists will do it in order to establish themselves as somebody who's more important. They won't quietly write an extra tip on the bill, they will loudly proclaim the extra tip and they'll make a big show of handing them the $100 bill or whatever, just because it makes them seem important and wealthy. They always want to seem wealthier than they are, even a lot of times those who aren't. One of the ways narcissists abuse us is through financial abuse. They will be very generous giving us gifts, but of course then they expect us to do whatever they say without question. And if we don't, we're a horrible person. Narcissists will be all about flaunting the money and they will even use it as a weapon against other people who are less fortunate than they. This of course includes you and other family members who are involved. Often narcissists will forbid their loved ones, they will forbid their loved ones from having access to money. This is, and when I say loved ones, I mean sources of narcissistic supply, let's be honest. This is one way that they abuse us by making us dependent on them for our food, our clothes, our home, anything that they can. They will, like my ex, steal from your family bank account sometimes and expect you to be totally fine with it and just deal with it because they deserve whatever they spent that money on. They will exploit you financially on every single level that they can. They will stop you from acquiring your own stuff. If you wanted to buy a car in your name, no way. They'll, they'll buy it in their name so they have control over the car. Sometimes they'll even, <laughs> I have one client who with her ex-narcissist, they purchased a car together. It was in her name and he tried to take the car from her. Luckily, she didn't fall for that one. They will do things like demand that every single gift or financial anything is in their name. They won't pay you the child support they owe you even when it's court ordered. And they'll say things like, what are you spending that money on anyway? How dare you get your nails done? You, I know you're spending, you know, my child support money on your nails. That's none of their damn business what you spend your child support money on as long as your child's taken care of. Mm. Is it? Sometimes they'll go so far as to even ask you to have power of attorney over you, which is not okay. They will open bank accounts in your name and refuse to allow you to have access. They'll make you give them the, your paycheck sometimes or not allow you to have a bank account in your own name. They'll ruin your credit by putting credit cards in your name and never paying them. And of course, the reason they do this is to keep you hostage because it makes you have to stay because you can't go anywhere without credit, can you? They'll lie to you about how much they owe and how much you owe. They'll max out credit cards without your knowledge and not pay the bills, like I just said. By ruining your credit, they force you to stay stuck with them. They force you to not be able to go anywhere. You see what I'm, where I'm going with this? Sometimes they'll prevent you from going to work. Like they'll say to you, we're in the middle of this big fight. How dare you think you're going to go to work? Isn't our relationship more important than your job? Well, of course, because if you lose your job, guess what? You're dependent and you can't go anywhere. See? As a matter of fact, one of the biggest reasons that people say they don't leave a narcissist is because of financial abuse, because they don't have access to money. It's the truth. So what are some other ways that a narcissist controls people through their finances? Well, first of all, you have to know that it's one of the most common tactics for control in a relationship with a narcissist. It's often a factor in varying degrees in these relationships. Some forms of financial abuse are subtle, like I explained to you just a moment ago, but in general, it's all about limiting their partners or people. <laughs> it's about limiting the access the narcissistic supply has 
to money. It's about hiding information about money. It's about controlling. Just like a lot of other forms of abuse, this is an intentional tactic that abusers use against you. It's all about entrapping you in the relationship. Some abusers will do this from the very first day of a relationship, believe it or not, while others wait until you try to leave before they actually start the abuse. So be aware of that. Here are a few shocking facts you might not believe about financial abuse. Number one being, that it is really, I'm sure you already know, one of the very most powerful ways to keep a survivor trapped in an abusive relationship with a narcissist. It makes it really hard to stay safe when you've left someone and it makes it a lot less likely that you're going to leave in the first place if you don't have any access to money. Like I said, surveys indicate that one of the biggest reasons people stay in abusive relationships is money or lack thereof. Sometimes also return to abusive relationships because it's better than being homeless to them. Another study found that 98% of abusive relationships involve some kind of financial abuse. This is especially true when children are involved. And many people are far more likely to tolerate this for the sake of the children. Here's another thing. Financial abuse is not socioeconomically, educationally, or racially not even culturally exclusive. It literally happens all the way across the board. Just like other forms of abuse by a narcissist like gaslighting, financial abuse begins very subtly at first. And to the victim, it might feel a whole lot like love, concern, being taken care of. Something that a lot of victims of narcissists report that they've never felt before. See how they're kind of twisting your experiences to get in there with you? So what are some of the signs that you might be experiencing abuse on a financial level from a narcissist. Well, number one, you're not allowed to work, or if you are, you're required to give your money to the narcissist. Number two, your narcissist has sabotaged your job opportunities or even your actual job by harassing or stalking you at work or even stopping you from going to work, and you might actually have lost a job as a result. Number three, your family money is controlled entirely by the narcissist. Number four, you have no access to your own bank account, or you don't have a bank account. Number five, you're not included in financial decisions, including banking and investments. Number six, you are not allowed or encouraged to get job training or to seek any sort of schooling or training opportunities. Number seven, you've had to write bad checks or even to commit financial fraud just to get by. And number eight, your abuser has run up large amounts of debt and some of it in your name and quite honestly you have no say so about it and you might not even realize this at first. A few more signs. In some cases the narcissist might even refuse to work him or herself forcing the victim, you, to support him or her and in some cases won't even facilitate working by taking care of the kids or other responsibilities so if you need to work they won't facilitate that. Another thing is that your abuser has helped to ruin your credit score. That's a very common one, like I've discussed earlier. You've been forced to skip paying bills in order to indulge certain desires of the narcissist, or the narcissist has literally stolen from you your identity, your property, your inheritance, any of that stuff. Next up, you have been forced to give up any sort of public benefits that you've had, or you've been accused of cheating the system if you were able to get any help from the financial aid people or the public aid people. Uh, you may have been struggling financially and your ex or soon-to-be ex maybe refuses to pay child support while you take care of the kids or the narcissist threatens to leave you or throw you out into the street if you don't comply with his or her requests which you do because quite honestly you know that you can't make it without the narcissist they're all too happy to remind you of this they may tell you that you're not pulling your weight even if you're working full-time they might 
tell you that you're not pulling your weight even if you're working full-time and taking care of all the things. There's still something that you're not getting done to their satisfaction. So what are you supposed to do to deal with financial abuse? Well, the first thing you need to do is get in organized and informed. You need to get birth certificates. You need to get all of these important documents or copies if you need to and keep them in a safe place, all right? Maybe you need birth certificates and social security cards, passports, bank statements, marriage certificates, documents related to your professional accomplishments or your degrees, statements for mortgage, credit card, etc., personal documents, family documents, that kind of stuff. The next thing you want to do is start saving any extra money that you can, whether this is cash that you stash and store at a friend's house or maybe you have a secret bank account somewhere. Point being, you're going to use this to leave the abuser when you can. Here's a little tip for you from me to you. You can earn a little extra money on the side by taking on freelance work, babysitting, cleaning houses, or gosh, even just getting a part-time job outside the house. Or use this tip I found from Oprah's financial guru back in the 90s, and it's one that works really well. Only spend paper money. Just don't ever spend any change. Save all your change, even if something costs just three cents, which it never does, but always pay with paper money and save the change. You will be shocked at how quickly this can add up. I actually was able to buy my son Christmas on my first single mom Christmas when I was much younger by doing this. Anyway, check out your credit card report, make sure there aren't any, I'm sorry, your credit report and make sure there aren't any big fraudulent charges on it. If you do think there are a lot of charges on it that aren't supposed to be there, dispute them now because you're going to need to have your credit in order as soon as possible if you're going to leave. You need to create a budget. So figure out how much does stuff cost and and how much, you know, what is a realistic and sustainable budget for me? Don't think to yourself, oh gosh, I'll just eat less and soak my own clothes because quite honestly, it's not realistic. Most likely, you're not going to have a really easy time with that. But figuring out where you can cut expenses when you're on your own, that's going to help. Next up, you need to change your PIN numbers, your access codes, and your passwords. So if the narcissist knows your passwords and your PIN numbers, be sure you change them or use different ones when you create new accounts so they can't keep track of you or, God, steal from you. Worse, right? Next up, be resourceful and do not feel bad asking for help, okay? So look into all the available options for you out there. If the system if the current situation does not allow you to wait around especially if you're being physically or sexually abused my friend you got to get out of there immediately I want you to check out the queenbeing.com emergency resources page for help but also you know do what you need to do talk to people around you talk to all kinds of places here's an example seek transitional housing maybe you need to find a friend or a family member who is willing to facilitate your exit by providing a safe place for you and your kids if you have any or to stay with while you transition from the abusive narcissist and their home to a new home of your own. If necessary, my friend, look into local shelters and programs, okay? I want you to start thinking about building your credit. If you can get a secured card and keep it somewhere safe, do it. Use it to make small purchases and keep it paid on time. This is going to help you to build your credit while you can't keep flying under that radar all right of course this leads me to the question of the day and the question of the day is have you been through financial abuse do you know what i'm talking about and what would you add to this list share your thoughts and your experiences below and let's get a good discussion going all right thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey thanks for letting me be a part of yours it really does mean a lot to me i'll see you soon it's my mission to teach others what i know to be true you really can create the life you want Take care of your body, take care of your soul, nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. 
take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. We all know the standard relationship patterns that narcissists use, right? First, they love bomb and idealize you. Then they devalue you and they discard you. Then they hoover you back in. Well, this happens as we know in varying iterations and it happens often inside the same relationship over and over again for decades. Know what I'm talking about? But outside of that basic kind of skeleton of a relationship, are narcissists all the same? Are there other identifiable relationship patterns with narcissists? That's what we're discussing today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Sound good? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So do narcissists follow the same patterns in every relationship? Narcissists or people with NPD, they do tend to develop their favorite strategies, at the very least, for getting what they want from other people. And yeah, they do tend to repeat them over and over and over and over and over and over again, especially if the other person in the relationship cooperates on any level. What am I talking about? Let's take a moment here and look at five different narcissistic relationship patterns, shall we? First up, we've got the rom-com narcissist. This one loves a good romance flick, and the way they see it, their lives should pretty much just look like a romance flick. These narcissists are so wrapped up in the pretty part of the relationship, the rom-com kind of stuff, that they believe the whole thing should look that way. See, just like anybody else, this kind of narcissist can become real wrapped up in the romantic fantasy of it all. And they can really believe that their life should look like a rom-com. Well, this is the kind of person who will do the flowers and the candy and the romantic candlelit dinners and all of this at the beginning of the relationship. This is the kind of person who will, you know, if they're, you know, maybe writing your name on their notebook with their last name or your last name or whatever. But here's the thing that I want you to remember about this type. They often repeat the same romantic gestures over and over and over again in each relationship. They might use the same pet names. They might go to the same restaurants with their new supply and their old supply. They might repeat the same words to the new supply and the old supplies, tell the same stories, use the same trips, the same vacations. You might share the same songs or the same our place type things. Basically, they're gonna repeat the same experience with each new supply. It's like for them, the romantic comedy of it all is that the story doesn't change while the person or the source of supply, AKA their significant other, does. Interchangeable. Next up, we have the controlling narcissist. This one needs to be in control and gradually, they will start to take over in all kinds of areas of your life. During love bombing and idealization, they pretend they're doing this controlling to be nice to you or take care of you. During devalue and discard, they will tell you it's because you can't do it yourself. You're just not good enough. You don't know how. You're not capable. You're not able. In reality, it's just because they want to control you. They want to be in control of every single aspect of your life. This is true no matter what your actual level of competency is. Next up, you've got the emotional bullies. They manage their fragile egos by devaluing other people. This is true for anyone they're in a relationship with. I don't care if you're their mom, their dad, their brother, their sister, their significant other, their colleague, their neighbor, their children, their dog, even strangers, even friends. They do it by projecting their own issues onto other people. And then they try to convince you that you're the one with the problem, not them. They never praise you. They really prefer to just point out 
all the things that are wrong with you. But since nobody's perfect, and because everybody has flaws, you might find yourself reluctantly kind of seeing a little bit of kernel of truth to their, their statements. See, of course, this leads to self-doubt on your part. You don't, re you don't bother to take the time to notice that their statements are outrageous and above, above and beyond what's true. They are exaggerated statements if they have any truth to them at all. And those are the ones that hurt the most, right? This leads to self-doubt on your part. You start to wonder, hmm, maybe I am kind of clumsy. Maybe I really am thoughtless. Maybe I am not as in good of shape or as tall or as red-haired or whatever they're criticizing you over. Of course, that lets them chip away at your self-esteem. And just like a blood-sucking vampire, you grow weaker, they go stronger. No bueno. Then there's the one who's always in search of the perfect supply. This kind of narcissist, all they want to do is have you to put up on a pedestal and worship. What's the problem? The problem is this narcissist needs to believe that you're too good for them. And you're a god or a goddess worthy of their all. But of course, the first time they notice that, oh my god, this person's just a regular old human, they quickly lose their enthusiasm for you, my friend. And the next thing you know, you're on the next train to Splitsville while they're out looking for their new supply. They want a newer, shinier model, someone who can not disappoint them. And then they repeat the same process over and over again, often for the rest of their lives, until they lose the ability to get a new shiny supply and then they settle for whoever they had last. This launches that process over and over again. The only way to keep their attention, guess what it is? Play hard to get. Keep a certain amount of emotional distance in, in there and you'll have their attention forever. Sound familiar? Finally, we have the long haul narcissist. This is the one you'll end up spending a lifetime with sometimes, with or without your consent sometimes. They will marry you or at least long-term commit to you pretty fast. And unless you leave them, they'll stay with you forever. Sometimes these are the more covert types. Maybe they're not interested in sex or cheating. Sometimes they're just like every other narcissist. And in either case, to deal with this, you've got to lower your standards. You've got to accept less than you deserve, and you cannot require that they're emotionally and or sexually faithful to you either. And of course, you have to be prepared to offer whatever crumbs they give you during the times that you're going through the discard or the devalue phases. Of course, this indifference is going to become part of this rotating cycle that is alternated with mild to extreme contempt and occasionally love bombing and hoovering. It's ridiculous. All right. This brings me to the question of the day. And the question of the day is, do you recognize your narcissist in any of these toxic relationship patterns that I described here today? Do you see a combination of patterns in your relationship with your narcissist or just one? Share your thoughts and experiences in the comments below and let's talk about that. And hey, if you didn't see your narcissist in one of these that I described here today, one of these relationship patterns, tell me what you did see. Share your experience so that maybe we can expand on it and help another survivor, all right? That's all I've got for you today. Thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It means so much to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. You've been walking on eggshells for a while now, but it doesn't seem to matter to your narcissist. He or she is no longer even polite to you, much less kind. You often wonder, what happened to that person that you met? Nothing you do, say, think, or feel is acceptable. And the narcissist, 
Make sure you know it. Everything that you do elicits the same response. Anger, irritation, justified rage, or maybe just nothing. Indifference. If you call them on their bullshit or you prove them wrong, watch out. That's when they'll go ballistic and dig deep to hurt you. This, my friend, is the devalue phase. That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name's Angie Atkinson, and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. Being in a relationship with a narcissist is a whole lot like being on a roller coaster. Sometimes you feel absolutely cherished and loved and adored. Other times you kind of wish you were not there or you feel like you're no better than the dirt on the bottom of somebody's shoe. Sound familiar? You get devalued, you get discarded, you get abused. Once you get past the fun part where you're actually being treated with love and respect, you hit the good old devalue phase. That is the worst part and that is exactly what makes a narcissist probably one of the most difficult ones to deal with because going through the discard phase feels a whole lot like having your soul ripped out and your heart ripped out and having them twisted all together and stomped on and pushed down into a little pulp. Yeah, I know that sounds dramatic, but if you've been there, you know that that is actually under dramatic for the circumstances, right? Unfortunately, you can never tell what kind of mood a narcissist will be in. And even though you learn to sort of read them and understand what's coming next, every now and then they'll still shock you. Sometimes when you've been with narcissists for a hundred years or so, they'll shock you. It's shocking. <laughs> can I say shocking again? Anyway, my experience has been that narcissists in the discard phase, in the devalue phase, are the worst ones. Today we're digging into that discard part. One of the first things I think that we have to recognize is that when we're going through the part where we have to try to figure out exactly how we went from being adored and loved and cherished to being treated like dog crap, it's confusing because it happens so fast. One day everything's fine and before we know it we can't even breathe. But if you take the time to understand the devalue phase and how it works and what actually happens, then you'll understand what you've been through, why it happened, and that it really isn't your fault. So essentially the devalue phase will begin right about the time the narcissist feels like they've really got their hands on you, like they really win. They know that they've got you in their clutches, as it were, and that's when they'll start to devalue you. You've got to know that narcissists generally don't see you as anything other than a supply or an extension of themselves. They don't see you as a whole person. As we've previously discussed, the narcissist generally has three phases in a relationship, and this is true in just about every relationship they have in varying iterations. The first one, as you probably remember, is the idealization phase or the love bombing phase, and that's when you're held up on that pedestal and treated like you're worth something. And then we head over to the devalue, and often it keeps on cycling through. So today we're going to start to dig into the devalue phase, like I said, and we're going to discuss specific emotions that are involved with that and the kinds of behavior that you can expect. And the part of the cycle that I believe is the most painful, the devalue and the discard, all right? But we're gonna focus primarily on devalue. Back to what we were discussing at the very beginning of this video. While you're walking on eggshells, you often find yourself feeling like you're worthless, right? The narcissist will insult you. 
The narcissist will pick at your most painful psychological wounds. Anything they know for sure that will hurt you is fair game. There's nothing off limits. And anything that upsets the narcissist or hurts the narcissist, they'll make sure that it's your fault and that you know it for sure in no uncertain terms. They'll tell you that you deserve the treatment they're dishing out and make sure that you feel that right down to your bones. They'll make it clear that you're not important. You're not worth their time. They'll say they don't respect you right to your face sometimes. They'll minimize you as often as possible. And anything that really matters to you is clearly a waste of energy and time according to them. Meanwhile, you're over here teetering on a precipice somewhere between emotional numbness and deep down anger and then there's hope somewhere in that little triangle. You hope that this soul crushing phase will end soon. But every time you get your hopes up for more than a minute, you're quickly brought back to reality. When the narcissist next spits venom your way, uses you for an emotional dumpster once again. Sure, you learn to stop being directly affected. Sure you do. You great rock. You learn all the things. You find a place to go in your head maybe. You literally zone out when the narcissist starts raging on you. Of course, if the threats and the fear tactics don't work, the narcissist might shift into victimhood. That's when they stop being actively aggressive and start going for the passive aggressive stuff. Always so much fun, right? This could involve gaslighting and a whole bunch of other sneaky forms of manipulation. That often leads to the silent treatment, one of a narcissist's go-to tools. They'll ignore you, they'll withhold affection, they'll call you crazy for trying to fix it. In the end, the narcissist might leave you, temporarily or permanently, or the cycle might begin again. Many narcissists go back to the courtship phase following the discard phase. You, my friend, you're left reeling. Now, the first several times you experience this, you're going to come out of the cycle feeling like you were the one who was wrong. Maybe you were expecting too much or overreacting or somehow otherwise incorrect in the way that you dealt with the situation, according to what you think. Maybe the narcissist did have a point. And then that's when you've got a choice to make, my friend. Do you stick it out or not? In your head, you know that a narcissist can change his or her ways just about as easily as a zebra can change his or her stripes, right? Highly unlikely. But your heart, my friend, your heart might be arguing with you here because your heart finds something deep within the narcissist that is lovable. A client of mine said on the phone the other day, you got the heart side and you got the smart side. And I really think that's what it's all about, the heart side and the smart side when it comes to things like that. But the most important thing to remember here is that you have the right to be happy. You truly do. And if your narcissist is not going to allow you to do that, or if the narcissist negatively affects you or your ability to find your bliss, you need to decide if you can live with this forever, my friend. And then comes the hard part. You have to take action. So do you recognize yourself here in this situation? Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. So why do narcissists need you to feel bad about yourself? Why do narcissists devalue you? Because they're insecure. Narcissists need you to feel bad about yourself so you won't leave them. Narcissists need you to feel bad about yourself so that you think no one else could possibly love you. In fact, quite often, they will directly say that to you. Narcissists might appear to have high self-esteem, but the truth is their egos are quite fragile and very dependent upon whether or not you or someone else thinks that they are thebomb.com, all right? Narcissists walk around, I've talked about this before, imagine their ego is a tiny fragile china egg and they carry it on the end of their finger, okay? They walk around with the egg and they balance it and as long as everybody's looking at the egg and the egg is all shiny, it's good. But if that little egg gets a crack in it, forget about it, all bets are off. Suddenly the narcissist's ugly side comes out. And unfortunately, that often happens to the primary source of supply more than anyone else. So that's why narcissists devalue you because 
they have low self-esteem, they believe that you'll stick around if if they devalue you, if they keep you down emotionally, if they make you think you're not worth anything, then they, they think that you won't be able to think you can get someone else and so you won't even try, you'll just stay with them out of desperation because that's how they would roll if they were you. And now it's time for the question of the day. So tell me what you think. Have you been through the discard? Have you been through the devalue? Do you, have you experienced a narcissist devaluing you personally? And how did that feel to you? Do you recognize yourself or your narcissist in any of the stuff that I described today? Share your thoughts and your ideas and your experiences in the comments below and let's have a discussion about it, all right? That's all I've got for you right now. Thanks so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now. And the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.